being upset that DJ's making 40 million a year instead of 30 or 25, I think is just the, the weirdest take ever. But if that's what floats your boat as a fan, go for it. I don't know. I don't it's agree crazy. with you. It's, it, truthfully, though, it is wild. How it's weird. And the voice of how Daniel Jones, of Daniel Jones of all people, like Daniel Jones, vanilla Vic, as they call him. Like, really, like he is he's vanilla. Vanilla he's ice cream, man. He like, is. And people, and people lose their mind over him. It's like he's the least controversial figure that you could possibly be angry at. Daniel Jones has his new contract with the Giants, and his camp got everything that it was asking for from the team. People feel a certain way about that. We certainly have takes on it, along with Saquon Barkley getting the franchise tag. All of that coming up next. But first and foremost, welcome into the show, Ryan O'Leary, Dan Benton. It's the Giants Wire podcast. It's uh, It's been a little while, Dan. It's great to be back on here with you. I'm excited. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's hard to believe that free agency is just around the corner already. The new league year has arrived. It feels like just yesterday we were signing off on the Giants season, but that's how the NFL works these days. It's an around-the-clock business, and uh, we're back at it. We're back at it. We have plenty to get to. Yeah, free agency officially, well, the tampering window thing, which is really just what? a window for Adam Schefter to get out all his phones, Dan, and break all the news, right? That's what they, they, the NFL built that in. They say the league year starts Wednesday, but really it's the tampering period on Monday, which is just Adam Schefter's time to shine and tell us where everybody's signing. Uh, That's coming, but there's just, I mean, the Giants pretty much won the franchise tag deadline day on Tuesday, right? It was just, we have so much to get to. Daniel Jones, the Giants beat the clock on the franchise tag. They get the deal done. Right at the deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern, we learned that Saquon Barkley got the franchise tag. So uh, we're going to cover both of those topics in depth. But I want to start with DJ Dan. It's a four-year, $160 million contract. So let me get my uh, calculator out here. Uh, yeah, that's $40 million a year, $40 million on <laughs> average. He has a chance to make even more in incentives. It's a contract that nobody saw coming last year, Dan, coming into the season. At this time last year, nobody saw DJ getting a contract like this. Uh, But it quickly became a reality, right? As the 2022 season played out, we talked about it week to week to week as we went through the year on this pod. Simply put, the Giants just, they could not let their quarterback get away. They paid market value for him uh, to make sure that didn't happen. Dan, give us your take. Give us your leadoff gut reaction take on DJ's new deal. Well, I think it's funny, actually, when you look back in hindsight, because if you listen to this podcast in chronological order, the number started really low. And then every week we're like, oh, you just added two million. Oh, the price is going up. The price is going up. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Listen, the Giants made a mistake by declining his fifth year option. But again, that's another hindsight argument. It's easy to look back on that now and say they kind of dropped the ball there. It was the right decision at the time. But it cost them. It cost them in the end. And you know, throughout the negotiations, I felt like, you know, Daniel Jones didn't necessarily owe the Giants anything for that reason, primarily. You know, they they declined his fifth-year option. They brought him into the season as a lame duck. They signed his backup quarterback to a deal that was going to ultimately pay him more than DJ in 2023 if they didn't agree to a deal. Um, you know, DJ went out there. He risked himself. He did everything he could to help the team. He never complained. He never threw his team or his teammate under the bus. Um, you know, he... he did everything the right way. He improved. He won. And when it came time for negotiations, he had every right to ask for every penny. And he fought it. And right, you know, him and his reps fought it right till the very last second and got everything they could out of the Giants. And rightfully so. I feel good for DJ. He deserves it. He's earned it. Um, I know there are people out there who are supremely angry with it for reasons I can't understand. It's not their money, but you know, good for DJ. He got he got the money that he deserved. He he's worked hard. The Giants very nearly ruined his career 
with all you know the mess that they've become in recent years. So his earning potential was almost non-existent because of their mismanagement. So good for DJ to go in there and get all that money. It's such an interesting story, this contract, right? Because it invokes emotion on the fan base, which is fun for a blog like the Giants Wire, for you know threads on social media. It's really fun because people are fired up over DJ going for that kind of money and holding the Giants to it and taking it to the you know the 11th hour right up to the deadline, Dan, right? Where we're to the point where on Monday night, we're all worried like, crap, is, are we going to have to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones and lose Saquon Barkley, right? Because as you were tweeting, that was a very real situation, right? Franchise yeah. tag goes on DJ, yeah. goodbye Saquon, right? That would have been the end of Saquon's Giants career. There's, I don't, I don't doubt that for a single mm-hmm. second. So, and, and that was the interesting part of the DJ negotiations, because well, on one hand, I felt like he had every right to ask the Giants for everything that they, you know, that he could. Uh, on the other hand, if he pushed that too far and they went beyond that deadline, and he was forced to get the franchise tag, he's losing his number one playmaker, and the Giants are already extremely thin, probably arguably the worst you know, skill group in the NFL. So he was really risking cutting off his nose to spite his face. So, you know, I'm glad they were able to get it in under the wire because had it been pushed over the edge and the Giants did end up losing Saquon, I think that would have hurt the Giants, one, in terms of the money that they had invested in Jones at that point with the with the guaranteed franchise tag um, and, and the you know, the number that carries for this season, but also losing Saquon Barkley. And, and the fans, their fans are mad as it is, but if that would have happened... There might have been riots in East Rutherford. Yeah, no, I think that's a good take. Uh, I mean, that would have been just a crazy way for that to end. It did, Obviously, it didn't happen, but like you said, fans are feeling a certain way, right? It, it's an emotional thing, right? Fans are, they're upset that DJ took it to the wire and, and that he got this much money. They're mad at the Giants for paying him this much money, right, Dan? They they're think he's not worth that. Uh, and I'm kind of aligned with you. Uh, your commentary, I'm, I'm right with you. You know, my take on the on the DJ contract right now is that good for him. Good for him. Like he did. I think he did it right. Uh, why do we have to root for the team to always take the player behind the woodshed and beat him? Right. Like, wh- why do we have to always root for that? Why can't the player win one? And when you look at DJ, like, isn't this this is a good story? Like in 2022, he goes into that season, as you said, with with Tyrod Taylor and all that with no certain future at all. It was really a, it was obviously a make or break season. It was either ball out and prove to the Giants you're worth a long term investment, or kind of flame out and then who knows you might be a backup somewhere else in 2023. Like we didn't know what was going to happen with DJ, and the dude balled out completely, flipped his own narrative right because of how he played and how he led the team and how they, they win a playoff game in Minnesota and they win all those games. It was it was awesome. We we talked about it. No player in the NFL made more money for himself last year than Daniel Jones, and that came to fruition. So I don't blame him for like signing with athletes first, kind of, you know, beefing up his agents and, and going in there and taking the negotiations to the wire and, and getting everything he could because the Giants declined his fifth year option. He had no certain future. And in a, kind of an amazing twist, he came into this offseason with all the leverage. All of a sudden, he played so well that the Giants are like, oh, crap, we can't, we can't lose our quarterback. And they had to go into and those he, negotiations he so well. and pay him. Yeah, not not only that, but he played so well that he removed the team from an option to even draft a rookie quarterback, right? Or at least one of the top. Right, they're not picking low enough. Right. Yeah. So he he completely played his way uh, into this contract in multiple different ways because, like I said, he he prevented them from being in a position where they could have said, "Oh well, you know, if we can't get you under a contract, we'll get a brand new quarterback." They couldn't do that. 
Uh, they couldn't let him hit free agency. Let's be honest. There's not a whole lot out there for the Giants to to fall back on. But the good thing is, is that Joe Shane and Brian Dable never wanted to do that anyway. They made it abundantly clear. They were extremely transparent. I know people wanted to believe that it was some sort of media lip service, but they they never they never changed their story ever. From midway through the season, they recognized that Daniel Jones was their guy, that they could win with Daniel Jones. They believed that they could win with Daniel Jones. And, uh, you know, the the pressure from the fans, the pressure from the media didn't factor in whatsoever. Uh, they put their head down, so they went right at it, and they did everything that they said they were going to do. Now, DJ did get the bag, didn't he, Dan? This is, good. This is a good deal for oh, DJ. Oh, he did. <laughs> this is good. Uh, now, I, I think he did everything right. Uh, and I think he earned it, and and he got what he deserved. But you know, forty million annually. I mean, I mean, those reports came out a couple of weeks ago that that's what his camp was looking for. People were scoffing at that number. He got it. Uh, also, eighty-two million in guarantees over the first two years of the deal. So he's going to be getting uh, bags of money right up front. It, it reminds me of some of those contracts Aaron Rodgers worked out with Green Bay. The last couple contracts where they're just front-loaded with guaranteed money. He's making like hundreds of millions of dollars over the first yeah. year or two of his contracts with Green Bay. That's it's second, similar. That second year in particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very similar. So at the end of the day, really good contract for DJ, right? Do you, you, I think I heard you say it in your commentary, Dan. He, he won. He, he won these negotiations. I don't know where where did the Giants budge? Where, where did they win? Where, like, well, I think they, they came in lower. I think, that, I think they must have come in lower. Um, and, and listen, DJ and his camp were set. We're not going for anything less than a forty million AAV, and and they didn't move off from that. I'm sure they came down from wherever they were. I don't think they started at forty million. Obviously, uh, I think they must have started higher than that. And they got to a point where they just were like, you know, listen, we're not budget. We're not going below that forty million mark, and that's just all there is to it. But to the Giants' credit, they structured the contract, at least what we were able to see so far, um, in a way that where if things don't work out, you know, after year two, they can they can move on. They can move on from there. Um, it's also structured in such a way that it's not going to hinder them in terms of salary cap and free agency this year. In fact, it's actually going to benefit them uh, quite well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't it, listen. I feel like DJ won, but I don't necessarily feel like the Giants lost. They got what they wanted and it's structured in such a way that it works for them. No, we said it all along. They could they can keep DJ and Saquon and figure out the salary cap and everything will be fine. <laughs> we said mm-hmm. that, right, Dan? We said it a month ago on the show. Uh, but there are, there are, and you said this because you, you can't understand why Giants fans are mad because it's not their money, right? You said that earlier. Uh, why are fans, I have, I have a passionate take on this, but I want to get your thoughts too. Why are fans so mad that DJ is making 40 million instead of like the 30 million that Derek Carr got from the Saints or like 25 million or whatever they think he's, he's supposed to make. Why are they so mad? that he's getting 40 million a year. There's a certain contingent of fans that are, are just, they can't let it go. Dan, why are fans so mad about this? What's your take on that? Well, I think simply put, it's because they were wrong. They were wrong about DJ and they've been repeatedly wrong about DJ. And in modern society, especially in social media society, it's extremely difficult for people to acknowledge the fact that sometimes they're wrong. So people just dig their heels in deeper and deeper and deeper. And when that 40 million Mark, when that, when that was announced, the meltdown was, <laughs> it was fun. epic. It was epic. And it had nothing to do with whether or not they thought that was better or worse for the Giants. It had everything to do with their bruised egos because they were once again wrong, proven wrong by a man that for reasons I just can't understand, they absolutely hate. They The, the disdain for Daniel Jones is 
it's worse than it was for Eli Manning. It's worse than I've ever seen it for anybody in New York, really, if, I, if I'm being completely honest. And, and the added irony to that is that DJ is just such a good guy. Like, he's just such a good person. Uh, he works hard. He's got a high football IQ. He doesn't stir the pot in any way whatsoever. He stays off social media, so there's nothing controversial about him. It just boils down to the fact that they're wrong, and that hurts their ego. Yeah, I'm with you. Fans out there that are mad about DJ and, and him getting $40 million a year, I just think it's... What's the word? What's the adjective I want to use? I think it's a childish take, right? Like it is. It is childish. Would you rather have Daniel Jones at forty million a year or Derek Carr at thirty? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are we? You talking can ask about me here? that question. I know the answer. Yeah, you I know. I know your answer. The anti DJ crowd. You know they're going <laughs> to yeah. tell you that they want Carr. No, you don't. They want Jimmy G. They want anybody who's not Daniel Jones because they need to be right. Right. I mean. This is the going rate for quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen this coming. We've talked about it. If he keeps playing this way, I mean, they're probably going to have to tear this thing up in a couple of years and give him an extension, yeah. right? This is how it This is how it works. And I just don't get, like, fans getting hot and bothered, or just not just fans, like other fans of other teams, analysts, people getting hot and bothered being like, he's making too much. He's not worth $40 million a, a year. It's like... Like, are people really in their basement still, like, breaking down the cap numbers and being like, oh, we're in cap jail. Oh, we can't do this. It's like, guys, this is not reality in the NFL. Like, we keep seeing it. The Saints are a perfect example with Derek Carr. They're literally projected to be over the cap, but they just signed Derek Carr to this $150 million deal. The New Orleans Saints have been over the cap for eight years in a row now. And they signed Carr. Right. So, in the Packers, I mean maybe the worst looking contracts I've ever seen the stuff they drew up for Aaron Rodgers, right? Like at his age and with his attitude and all that. And they're about to trade him to the jets. Right. Uh, so all of that, it's just like, we see this all the time, like the salary cap thing, like guys, like if you're in your basement, breaking that down your spare time, worried about the giants being in cap jail, like there's probably better ways you can, you could spend your time. But to me, it's just like the average, the average fan, the average person, me, Dan, me, like, $1 million seems like an astronomical amount to me. So when we get to talking about $25 million or $40 million, it's like, I don't care. There's no difference in that to me. $25 million and $40 million seems the same to me because I think $1 million is a ridiculous amount of money right? in my life. So, the, way I look at it, the way I look at it is simple. It ain't my money. Exactly. It's, it not, it, my it's money. not my money. So I, what, I don't care. You why know, can't if the you Giants just... want to spend that money, then, then so be it. Sure, exactly. And the, and the owners are billionaires. So we'd rather the owners win and DJ get less than what he should get based on the market. Yeah, it's because an ironic thing to we cheer want the, for. We want it? the owner to win. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. So why can't we just feel good for the player? Because it's, think about where Daniel Jones was going into the 2022 season and where he is now. That's a really good story. It's a really it good story. Be. You should be happy should for it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And it's funny because you even see some of the Giants players on, on Twitter, like uh, Kayvon Toledo, yes. Giad Ward, coming out and saying, what is wrong with you childish people? Like, why are you so worried about how the Giants are spending their money or what DJ's earning? Like, get your mind and your hands out of his pocket because it's none of your business. And, you know, for the and again, I go back to what I said before, for the people who are you know, acting like this this hurts the Giants somehow, and they're they're all about team over and corporation over everything else. One, this contract is structured in a way that doesn't hurt the Giants in any. It actually helps the Giants. Uh, you know, but two, it's really just about being wrong. It has nothing to do about the, the salary cap health of the Giants or whether or not DJ is earning you know too much money. It's just the fact that the number proves that they were wrong again, and that bruises egos, and a lot of people just can't stand that. 
Well, you've been making a living on this hill, Dan, fighting the Giants fans that hate DJ and, and think that he sucks. So you're, you've been doing just fine on that hill fighting these people. Um, yeah, that's right. And that's why they hate me, too, because yeah. I'm on the other end of it and I'm not wrong and I haven't been wrong. Well, and, well they love to frankly, hate you. I love it. <laughs> they love to hate you. They love to hate you. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's just like being upset that DJ's making 40 million a year instead of 30 or 25, I think is just the, the weirdest take ever. But if that's what floats your boat as a fan, go for it. I don't know. I don't it's agree crazy. with you. It's, it, truthfully though, it is wild. How it's weird. And diverse of how Daniel Jones, of Daniel Jones of all people, like Daniel Jones, vanilla Vic, as they call him. Like really, like he is, he's vanilla. Vanilla he's ice cream, man. He like, is. And people, and people lose their mind over him. It's like, he's the least controversial figure that you could possibly be angry at. I love him. He's he's perfect. He's just yeah, he he's he seems like the most unpolarizing person ever, but he is. You know what I mean? He's a lightning rod. He's the most polarizing person ever. He's a lightning rod who never speaks. It's so funny because Eli Manning was very much the same way. And it's just like, I don't understand. Is it because these guys aren't bothered by the criticism because they just go out and continue to succeed despite it all? Like, is that what's setting people off about these guys? Because they're just quietly confident and go about their business? Like I don't understand. I just don't under. I never understood the disdain for Eli. I don't under, understand the disdain for Daniel Jones. I'm never going to get it. He's a glass of milk. People, relax. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, Dan. Uh, yeah, and for such a soft-spoken, like nice guy, like he does like to make it dramatic, right? Whether it's the fourth quarter of a game or like right at the franchise tag deadline, right. making like I said earlier, making us all grind our teeth and like freak out. Like, are we going to have? Like, are we going to lose hey, Saquon Barkley? Right, um, even I was starting to get a little nervous. I like, was nervous. We're down to like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm like refreshing Twitter. Weird. Twitter. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? Why haven't they done this? Why haven't they? We got the report yet. Where are you, Schefter? And literally, the report I, comes out at I 4 was, p.m. That they. Right, um, I was starting to tell my team. I'm like, guys, we better start prepping an article that we're going to lose Saquon. It was real, the man. Giants are going to lose Saquon because I'm like, I, we didn't. That was the one article that we did not pre-write because it was like, just it just didn't seem like it was realistically possible. But then it was like 30 minutes. 25 minutes 20 minutes and i'm starting to get nervous i'm like are, we, are seriously is this where this is going to go and in my head i'm thinking to myself are listen if daniel jones gets a 40 million dollar deal fans are going to be furious if he if he gets a franchise tag and they lose saquon they're these these fans are going to absolutely lose their minds and it was already getting crazy leading up to that because i don't know if you saw this or not but a group of giants fans actually stalked the athletes' first offices where two of Daniel Jones' reps were housed, and they went and defaced the the building marquee, demanding that Daniel Jones graciously accept whatever the Giants offer because he's not a good quarterback. That is weird. That is really, yeah. really it's weird, and people need to get crazy. checked out. <laughs> yeah. Seek therapy if you were one of yeah. those people. For real. Uh, and I said that, too. I tweeted that. I'm like, get help immediately. Yeah, that's weird. This is absolutely insane. That's weird. Yeah, no, the team always has to win. Um that's so strange. But Saquon, I mean, in his mind, I'm sure he doesn't think he won in this. I'm sure he's happy for his friend. Oh, and he I, is. He tweeted as such, but yeah. there's no doubt he's going to be upset the fact that he got franchised. Yeah, he's told us. He's told us. He told the media. Um, I don't I, I don't want to play on the tag. He, he just played on a fifth year option, Dan. Right now he is, um, you know, he got the non-exclusive uh, franchise tender, which means he's getting a little more than 10 million fully guaranteed. And then. Uh, he can still negotiate with the Giants and other teams. Uh, he can actually get an offer from another team, Dan, and bring it back to the Giants. And if mm-hmm. the Giants decline that offer, the said team has to give the Giants two first-round picks. So uh, don't feel like that's happening. I don't feel like yeah. – I love Saquon Barkley, but I don't think any team out there is going to give up two first-rounders for him. Is that fair to say? 
listen, if there are teams out there that aren't willing to give up two first round picks for Lamar Jackson, they sure as heck ain't giving it over second one Barkley. It's so good point. It's and, and listen, I, and we talked about this during our, our, our prep for this show. It's, it's funny that, you know, there's this constant debate about whether or not running backs are worthy of the first round pick. And now there are people out there who are worried that the Giants are going to lose Saquon Barkley and some team is going to give up two first round picks for him. Uh, listen, it's it, listen, I, I, good for the Giants for giving it that option, you know, because who knows, you know, things are crazy sometimes in the NFL. But I think ultimately that the non-exclusive tag is inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, Barkley would have been by far the best free agent running back if he hit the market. Uh, now that he's not on the market, uh, you know, well, I guess he's now that he's technically not on the market. I should say uh, there are still a pretty deep like I, in, if you look at the free agent running backs compared to the free agent wide receivers going into next week, Dan, it's it's pretty different. I think there's better running backs out there than there are wide receivers deeper yep. for running. And, and you've also got running backs like Derrick Henry who are now on the trade. Yes, box. yes. Yep. It's not happening. Uh, Barkley's not going to. Nobody's going to poach him for and give up two first round picks. It's just not. Yeah, and that's not, not a knock on Barkley. I'm no, sorry. It's no, like, it's, just, know, it's just it's just the reality. of Yeah. It. The free agent pool's too good. Uh, there's plenty of running backs in the draft. It's just not it's not how a team's going to going to look to build their roster. So unless to they're Barclay's stupid. credit, though. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there is some of that out there. <laughs> but um, to, to Barkley's credit, I, I think I think one of the issues with Barkley is just calling him a running back uh, because you know, he is more than a running back. And I think that's part of where this negotiation with between him and the Giants have stalled because the Giants, you know, he wants a top of the market value. Like, and when I say top of the market, I mean, he wants to join Christian McCaffrey. He's the only players, only running backs in the NFL earning 16 million or more. And um, I do think he has an argument though, that he's more than just a running back, but this kind of goes back years and years when there was the debate over whether or not, you know, defensive ends and linebackers should be de- you know, called edge edge rushers as opposed to their individual positions because they do more than that. And I and I think Barkley kind of has a case, and I think his agents kind of have a case to make that argument that he's he is more than a, a running back. He's just a talent, an offensive talent, an offensive weapon, if you will, because there are, you know there are some uh, players around the league that that deem themselves offensive weapons, and they even go into negotiations uh, stating as much. So, does he belong at the you know, the lower end of the running back market, does he belong at the higher end of the running back market? I think the reality of that lies somewhere in between and the Giants, to their credit, although they franchised him, their intent remains to sign him to a long-term contract and they hope to get that done sooner than later. That's good to hear because I know Saquon, you know, just based on what he's what he's said to the media, Dan, I know he's not going to be excited to play on this tag. So like how long does this get drawn out, right? Um, can they get a deal done this offseason? Could they get it done before training camp? Are or are we going into training camp with one of these things where okay, we're we're shelving negotiations till next season, yeah, and then really, we're we're up really against the franchise tag again, possibly? And it's like then you start well, then getting just, into in that scenario. Right? Just, yeah, well, in that scenario, does Saquon pulled out? Exactly. Yeah, and and then it becomes then it becomes a real a real problem. And I don't think that Saquon. Listen, I think he might be tempted to do that if it gets that far. I don't know if he'll be willing to do that to Dave Ball, to Shane, to listen. If Shepard comes back to Daniel Jones, who he's very close with, I don't think that he'll be willing to do that. I hope. I hope that the Giants don't use that as leverage in these negotiations. I hope they're a little bit more honest about it than that. Um, but I have faith they'll get it done. The, the two sides met as recently as Monday. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, um, so. You know, there is hope, obviously, that they get this this done. And and with Daniel Jones out of the way, granted, the Giants got to turn their attention to the upcoming free agency and some of their own in-house free agents. But I, I think I think Joe Shane and company are going to work hard to close that gap. 
Um, you know, the problem is the reports are showing that that gap is, you know, some are saying it's smaller than others. Some are saying it's as much as four and a half to five million dollars, which is, you know, a pretty significant gap at that point. Um, but hopefully they can bridge that gap quickly, uh, get Saquon under, uh, under, you know, under contract, maybe structure it similarly to the way that they did Daniel Jones, free up a bunch of salary cap this year so they can go out and plug, you know, the many holes that they have. Yeah, it's well put. Um, I'm rooting for it. Hopefully that happens. Would hate to see like animosity, holdouts, stuff like that. And, right. And get yeah, a, that maybe a second franchise tag next year, something like that. Would yeah, be I don't, don't want to see that for Saquon either. Yeah. yeah. And and so that gets us kind of into uh, next week. Those were our, our two big topics. DJ Saquon, obviously, Dan, um, that was a fun conversation. Uh, now we got we entered the start of free agency. And what are you thinking about this? What's, like, let's just end it here. Uh, so the Giants will have some cap space to work with. It's not like they're they're out of cap space because they gave Daniel Jones forty million a year, folks. Like it's fine. Uh, we're estimating it around. We don't have an official number, but we're estimating it around twenty seven, twenty eight million in cap space they have after um, they release Kenny Galladay uh, at the start of the new league year, which we're kind of expecting will happen. Um, my guess is Wednesday, Dan. We'll see Kenny Galladay get released. Yeah. Next week, yeah, it, 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 I do believe it'll be the fifteenth. It just depends on what kind of you know pre June first, post June first designation they give him. You know, initially that was going to be a pre June first, and then there was some reporting that suggested that you know hold off. You know, maybe it'll be post June. I, I can't imagine that it would be um, in that scenario if they designate him a post June first cut. They wouldn't be able to use that seven million dollars in salary cap space until after the fact. So you know, they basically miss out on that money and free agency. So I can't imagine that being the scenario, but ultimately I think it's, yeah, you're right. I think it's about 27, $28 million in, in cap space total. Um, that is also pending, you know, like we were talking about potential Barkley contract an extension for Dexter Lawrence, which they're working on and, and maybe a restructure or even an extension for Leonard Williams. So they could free up some of that money. There might other be some other tweaks, some other releases, but I don't think uh, beyond those players, I don't think there's going to be anything that's, you know, big time news. I think those guys are basically going to be the focus. Okay, cool. So we'll be watching out for that. And then it ter- in terms of like, on Monday, when again Adam Schefter gets out his ten cell phones and and starts breaking all the news for us, <laughs> he sit there and watch his Twitter feed, and that's that's how we spend our Monday figuring out all the NFL news. That first wave, Dan, do you see the Giants being super active in that first wave? Uh, do you think you know they might wait for the second wave after you know all this all this went down with with Jones and Saquon? They definitely do have. In terms of their own unrestricted free agents now that DJ and Saquon are under team control, uh, two big ones that I think will have some market value that will be out there and teams will be calling them, Julian Love, Darius Slayton. Those two guys I think are the top top two, uh, I would imagine, in terms of like teams com- coming and trying to get them. Uh, so how active do you think the Giants are? What's your gut reaction, um, gut feel for that? I think they're going to be very active, but not necessarily in the sense that people are expecting. I don't think they're going to go out and blow a huge wad of money on like um, like a wide receiver. I, I think they're going to be a little bit more methodical and, and um, you know, s- honed in on, on certain players in certain positions. I think they're going to scour the the defensive line market, the interior defensive line market, they're going to try and do everything that they can to kind of cut back on the snaps of Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, which is something we talked about repeatedly on this podcast the past season. They were taking way too many reps. They were taking way too many snaps. Um, 
the fact that they didn't get injured is, was remarkable, knock on wood. So the Giants are going to try and address that area with a quality interior defensive lineman that can join in that rotation. They're going to be very focused on inside linebacker. I think they very well could look at the tight end market. It's not a knock on Daniel Bellinger. They they just run a lot of two tight end uh you know, formation. So I think they're going to look to add another quality pass catching, you know, kind of mismatch making um, tight end at some point that very well may could, uh, could come through the draft though. There's a lot of options there. They are obviously going to poke around the wide receiver market. Uh, again, I don't think they're going to go and spend a ton of money on that particular position. They very well might rely on the draft. They could have as many as 11 picks if they get the two compensatory picks that are projected to them. So they can have wiggle room there to move up or move down to target, you know, whoever it is they may desire. But early on in free agency, I, I would expect them to be in on a number of players. I just don't know if it's going to be the players that people consider the top of the market, I think. And it's not to say that they're bargain hunting. It's just that those positions that they're looking at, one, those are kind of bloated markets. You know, the linebacker market free agency is robust to say the very least. There's a lot of a lot of options there. So that's going to drive down the prices. The same thing on the interior, interior defensive line. They very well may look for another guard. Uh, none of these are like high profile, you know, highlight positions. So while they're going to be active, I don't think it's going to be headline making moves that the Giants are making, just quality additions of positions at need. So not super splashy. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, but if, you know, a, if a guy like Julian Love splashes with another team, that'll that'll be painful. Yeah, that'll be painful for be, Giants fans. You know, there's a lot of options. Listen, I, I'll say it now. I don't want to see the Giants lose Julian Love. But if they do lose Julian Love, there are other options out there of equal or greater value that they could potentially bring in. I think the Giants are hopeful that the safety market won't be as significant as maybe Julian Love and his representation are hoping that it will be, that maybe his price will actually get driven down uh, based on the market value a little bit, and that'll give them the opportunity to bring him back. Because let's be honest, his his best fit is with the Giants and Wink Martindale. And that's not to say he couldn't succeed anywhere else because he's a multi-talented player and, and, and multifaceted talented player. So he could probably fit in anywhere. But I, I think overall his best fit is with the Giants. So I, I, like I said, I think the hope there is that the market actually drives drives his price down a little bit so that the Giants can get back in on that. But, you know, they very well could try to re-sign him and, and likely will try to re-sign him uh, before March 15th anyway. So we'll see where that goes. But I do agree with you that of the Giants' impending free agents, he is going to draw the most attention on the open market. Well, Dan, this conversation was fun. It's been a few weeks for us. We, we kind of enjoyed the slower February waiting for this news with DJ and Saquon to come down, but it feels like we just got dropped back into the middle of the season almost, right? That was, a, was a high energy uh, show this week. I had a, I had a blast being back on here with you. <laughs> yeah. And listen, there's going to be a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. So yep. uh, yeah, the, the, the giants are the way they look right now is not the way they're going to look in two to three weeks from now. There's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of changes. And of course, you know, what they do at free agency is going to set up uh, their approach to, to the draft. So we can stop speculating. I hate the early draft speculation for that exact reason. Like we're doing all these mock drafts before free agency. And it's like everything that you say right now, everything is going to change by the time the first two waves of free agency are over. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the giants are two weeks from now, what holes are left, um, who they use to plug some of those holes. I, I'm especially, for me personally, I'm especially interested to see who they target at linebacker because I think other than wide receiver and perhaps even more than wide receiver, that is their absolute number one need. They need one or two true, you know, 
you know, uh, general inside linebackers um, who could cover, who could tackle, who could play the run. Uh, it's been a weakness for the Giants for more than a decade now. It's about time they fix it. I love it, man. As, as plenty of news will be breaking here in the next couple of weeks, we'll be here uh, ready to cover it. Uh, so for, for Dan Benton, the managing editor of Giants Wire, make sure you're checking out his stuff uh, and his crew stuff on the site. Uh, everything's getting broken down right there. I'm Ryan. It's great to be back on here talking to you all, and we'll be back next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.